0: us on facebook live if you possibly can as we say bonjour to the man steve vines how are you today oh bonjour bonjour yeah <laughs> good to see you steve are, we, are we
1: doing the entire program in your actual francais well that's that's it <laughs> yeah that's, <laughs> it, that's it, my it. repertoire Fine. okay good <laughs> i'll
0: tell you what i'd like to do steve i want to kick off uh, if i may with an email from one of our listeners uh douglas yeah and I know this is going to get you going. Join us on Facebook Live if you can. Morning Brew is the page. I'm going to pop this up on the screen so you can read what Douglas wrote. He says, I recently received my free undie-themed government face mask. Cross that off my need-to-buy protest supply list. Do you suppose the government's truth-speak department have prepared celebrity quotes for the inevitable question when thousands of protesters hit the streets wearing masks? Provided by Calamity Carry and her minions, says Douglas. And then he ends up by saying, to quote Nelson Mandela Fools multiply when wise men are silenced.
1: I'm pretty sure you're not interested yet in the mask bit. But I, I am interested in Nelson Mandela. Funny that. Because we've had a bit of a Nelson Mandela week. Great man. Um, so you have Carrie Lamb in her uh, weekly briefing of reporters before the Executive Council. Um, talking about um, education, the importance of how it should be accurate, blah, blah, blah. And then rolling out. And I have to say, you cannot make, I keep coming into the studio and saying, you cannot make this stuff up, but you cannot make this stuff up. She then says, and as Nelson Mandela said, um, the collapse of education is the collapse of a nation. Well, that is fine, Except he didn't say it. Is that one of those things where, once well, let the me nanosecond give you that let, you've said it. You let go, me give you, well, let <laughs> me give, no, no, you see, what, what is so wonderful about these, these numpties over in Tamar is when they realised, you know, of course, they never make mistakes. Do remember that. They have never made mistakes. But when they realised that this is what we call, and I've got to go into technical language here, this was a cock up, <laughs> this is their response. They said, oh, well, you know, there's different sources and different versions of quotes. Now, let me explain something to to these boys. There are not different sources and different versions of quotes. When you put something in inverted commas and you say that blog said this, they either did or they didn't. It's not complicated. It's not a matter of debate. What, incidentally, Nelson Mandela did actually say is education is the most powerful weapon. Which you can have to change the world. Did he Funnily actually? That, let me just ab- I absolutely
0: clarify. The minute you read anything on the online, you don't know. Now, one: Did he actually say anything of the
1: sort? No.
0: No, I mean, did he actually do a quote that was even he in this? He certainly book? Oh, spoke about education. Okay. He was very cool, interested cool,
1: cool. in education, right? But he didn't say what Carrie Lam said. He said, and this was in the context. Let's um, let's bring this all in. This was in the context of this extraordinary furor that has been kicking off over a exam question, which incidentally has already been put to students and filled in by students. So this isn't something in the future. This is something they've retrospectively decided to scrap. This was a question asking whether during the Japanese occupation of China, there were any benefits or was it all bad? Deliberately recrafted to get um, the reaction that it did and make them be logical. So what you may say is, well, you know, the average student will look at that and say, on balance, uh, I'd probably, I probably, I, I don't think that it was good. But, you know, there were some positives. Who would you look to for a source of the positives? I know Mao Zedong, the founder of the Chinese Communist Party, the first president of the People's Republic of China. Mao Zedong himself. And it's there, you know, for for people who can read. Obviously, people in Tamar aren't included in that. But for people who can read, you look up Mao's writings, and you will find that one of the things that he said many times, not just once, was, you know, if it were not for for the war against Japan, you wouldn't have had the Communist Revolution, because it made the country unite against the Japanese. Remember... Before the Communist Revolution, there was indeed a coalition between the Communist Party and the Kuomintang. Obviously, that ended at the time of the revolution. But but during the anti-Japanese struggle, this was what united the country. And this is what Mao said. So if a student read something by Mao Zedong, it's possible they may have said, well, you know, obviously no one will defend the Nanjing Massacre. Obviously, no one will defend... the the many atrocities committed by Japan during the occupation of China. But if you want to have a true historic perspective of what happened, maybe you should look at the writings of Mao Zedong. Now I would love to ask Carrie Lam, because this will send her into a complete blue funk, do you denounce today Mao Zedong for his historical perspectives on the Japanese occupation. I wonder what her answer would be. Oh, there's different views and different perspectives. Does this mean that whoever set this question did
0: have this in mind and they were thinking, well, this kid really knows his or her history if they can tackle this in
1: a really pragmatic way? I think that may well have been the case. I mean, the whole point of social studies, I know social studies awful, <laughs> but the whole point of things like this and the study of history is not... So you learn a series of dates, which these morons seem to think history is about. It's to, it's to, to be able to intelligently approach issues of interpretation and understanding. I think that the, the Communist Party has got enormous problems with history, because history just is inconvenient. So this is why um, they constantly rewrite the textbooks, because once revisionism takes takes its heavy hand, they decide that the new version of history um, is incompatible with what it was a week ago. And they are now seriously suggesting Tam Yu Chung, who is Hong Kong's most senior representative in a Chinese state body. He's a member of the uh, National People's Congress Standing Committee that he's the only one who is. he has said, and remember Tam Yu Chung says nothing. Without the bosses saying, "Uh, "Mr. Tam, we want you to say the following," or "Mr. Tam, it would be a good idea if you said," he's already popped up and said, "You know what? What we need is a Chinese historical institute in Hong Kong to guide uh, education. What we need, this is what he said, is mainland teachers to come across the border and tell our teachers how history should be taught." I want to go. I want to go to a message, if I may. Dangerous. I mean, when you talk about slippery slopes, this is a a ski slope.
0: Yeah, I want to come back to that, because the educational side of it is interesting. Good morning to Douglas. He says, uh, Japanese imperialism united China. It's like saying Hitler united the Allies. You know what, Douglas, I had that same thought bubbling around in my head. But isn't it true, Steve, that traditionally universities set students these really tricky, nasty, sensitive questions and make them play the devil's advocate? But the point
1: Douglas makes... Actually is an interesting point because the the, the fight against Nazism in Europe and Japanese imperialism in Asia did unite the democratic world. And it also caused a temporary and it certainly was a temporary alliance between the Western world and the Soviet Union Mm -hmm. who remember before the invasion of Poland. The Soviet Union were, in fact, allies of, of of the of the Nazis. I mean, you know, the, the point about history is it's complex. It doesn't go along nice, neat, linear lines. No. And if you can teach it with an open mind and say, this is complicated stuff, but, you know, let's challenge students to develop their capabilities, their intellectual capabilities, this is a very good way of doing it. Mm. So, yeah. The whole note- he, he makes a good point. Thanks, th- thanks Douglas.
0: Oh, let's, let's say hello to a couple of other people as well. Uh, join us on Facebook Live. <coughs> you can ask Steve any questions and bits and pieces straight away. So, Alvin, he said uh, he was starting to miss your cycling Library backdrop. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Sorry about that. I've, I've removed that painting. <laughs> uh,
0: he also says the Morgan Freeman meme generator was so busy it serve almost crashed yesterday because you see these things online with Morgan Freeman was a busy bloke, wasn't he? Um, okay, can, and-
1: I, can I just point out, he isn't the same person as <laughs> Nelson Mandela. I, 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 I just, just want, just want to exactly set the, the point. I, exactly. I know, that's the point um, he's Hello making. to
0: Bob in Lantau, who says, well-spotted Douglas, fascism di- fascism did result in communist-capitalist
1: coalition. Indeed. This is your bag, Steve. Indeed, Go, Bob, yeah. tell yeah. us more, mate, what's on well, your mind. I mean, all, all, all I'm saying is, you know, that the, the, these are appalling moments in history. I mean, can you imagine anybody saying, oh, well, we'll just gloss over... And this is what happens now in China. We'll just gloss over the great famine in which millions of our compatriots died unnecessarily because of the Maoist era policies of um, making the peasants turn over all of their hardware to produce steel when it wasn't actually needed but they had this manic obsession that China was going to be having a bigger steel industry than Britain gosh can you imagine that nowadays <laughs> British anyway steel. at the time at the time mao was very obsessed by this i mean can you imagine writing that out of history can you imagine writing out of history the fact that during the cultural revolution families were decimated that that people lost their lives people were tortured and that the country had an entire generation who were deprived of a proper education because schools were turned over to these, these Maoist fanatics. I mean, you know, if you, want, if you want to control the narrative, and that's always what the Communist Party wants to do, you always start to do two things. You control the historical narrative. And interesting, this always goes hand in hand with culture dictatorships are obsessive about controlling culture what people see destroying what it, people it, read. Mostly, or bringing well, their own one in i suppose you, you know um i have a, a very close friend who was brought up in china at the time of the cultural revolution and he says what what was at that time went for exotic overseas entertainment <laughs> was films from romania about tractor production Fair play. So, <laughs> you know can we go back Cover to those, those wheels can we go back to those heady days <laughs> you know you're talking about
0: people rewriting history steve, And i mean a complete uh, uh, a soapbox if you like of many many people and an interest of yours is the ones who still insist what's that oh yeah the holocaust yes. but, but, but steve tell me this what do they hope to gain by saying the holocaust didn't
1: happen for instance well, I mean, it, this, this is um, uh, uh, something which, which the anti-Semites and, and the radical right in, in America and, and Europe and in other places, they, ha- they, they want to whitewash. But why? They, I'm curious. Well, okay. because they want to justify mm-hmm. their rabid anti-Semitism right. and they say it didn't lead to, to the, the mass extermination of the Jewish people in Europe. I mean, you know, this is, this is what fanatics do. Mm. They justify their crimes by saying they didn't happen. I mean, you know, the Soviet Union committed appalling atrocities during its early period, particularly during the Stalin period, which were completely written out of history. And people said, ah, well, you know, that old Maoist phrase, you've got to crack a few eggs to make make an omelette, that sort of nonsense. You know, this is what totalitarians always do. They say, mm, stop whinging about the past. Stop stop, highlighting these negative things. You know, look at all the things we've achieved. Well, the fact is... What did is, you think about the rest of the opera, Mrs yeah, Lincoln? exactly. <laughs> exactly. And did you enjoy the music? Yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, this, this is where we are. So uh, we see what's coming down here. We do see what's coming down here because, of course, this furore over one question in an exam is not about one question in an exam. It is about imposing a structure of thinking on schools. It's to get teachers to glance over their shoulders every time they teach a lesson in Chinese history and say, oh, is that politically acceptable or not? It's to mould young minds because they think, they think the reason that... Um, students, particularly students have joined all these demonstrations which they can't understand because you know they just don't understand this um is because they've somehow been indoctrinated in schools to come out on the no. streets Did, that's I mean, that's,
0: what, that's what i was going to bring up steve do you remember when you were 13 12 14 whatever mm. you weren't stupid these kids are not stupid if they don't if they're not interested in something they just go whatever you know or or, or they actually gonna, react against well, that but the point is yeah. they don't they don't yeah. take it they they're no fools <laughs> I, even, even though they're 12 and 13. well so, you so know should you, i've should spoken be too to worried? a lot
1: of these kids who've been at the demonstrations and i was very impressed yeah by by what they knew not by what they didn't know
0: i had religion jammed down my throat seriously big time and look how i turned out yeah no but loads of people do you just go that's oh, boring
1: when you're 12 don't you i think you do or you know i mean there is a way of engaging students in 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 these subjects but it isn't by shoving a propaganda message down their throats but what well, i mean they're just going to go out oh, whatever well, to
0: use that, but they would surely. They're not going to go. Oh, I must listen to I, this. I think.
1: I think the the you know if it, it, it's the Goebbels thing. If you tell the big lie often enough, people will believe it. Yeah. Now, I don't want to again be somebody who who says that Goebbels was right, but I think he had a point with this. Easy Tiger, yes. I know what you mean. Yeah. But that's that's
0: where we come into this kind of creative thinking. We do the kind of question that students are asked when they're really put up against a wall and they
1: have to defend the bad guy purely as an exercise. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, I, as I say, I think, you know, the, the, the wars that are being fermented in Hong Kong over culture, over teaching, over, well, look around, you know. I mean, what is, what is the new priority of the current LegCo at a time a when fight. people are being thrown out of work, when the economy is declining, when people can't afford to pay their mortgages? Oh, that's right. Legislation on the national flag, uh, sorry, on the singing of the national anthem. I mean, get a life. But it's in the book, isn't it? It's in I the mean, book. This is what they've been told is their number one priority. However, they have until eight weeks. Yes, they do. And this is obviously what all this filibuster, filibustering is about. And it is interesting. That the pro-China forces, remember we don't have pro-government forces anymore because poor old Carrie lamb has been hung out to dry. Nobody even pretends to support her anymore. But the pro-China forces are basically saying, oh my God, we're going to lose that election and we're not going to be here in the chamber in the numbers that we were before. Well, it's interesting that they make that admission, albeit um, implicitly, at such an early stage in the proceedings. They're declaring defeat before the battle has actually begun. Yeah, absolutely. They may well be right. All right, in just a few seconds, we're going to go to the
0: news. I'll keep it all on Facebook. I've got an email from Alan, which looks pretty interesting, so we'll get to that straight after the news. Uh, Do join us on our Facebook live broadcast. Morning Brew is the page. And, of course, email morningbrew at rthk.hk well it's 10 31 still in with steve vines and still on facebook live i want to say hello to alan who sends us an email which is about quotes and stuff for uh, alan says he's an editor i'm popping this up on our screen right now so you can read it as well working as an editor steve whenever i see a quotation i look it up at a reputable source Wikipedia quote is good, but whatever one million quotes site you find is usually garbage. People attribute sayings to famous people to give them authority. Then they are quoted in turn and it spreads. Especially sayings of Confucius are often bogus. For him, it's very easy to check. If it's not in the uh, analects, it's faked. Uh, one common target is as Lincoln, Churchill is, Oscar Wilde too. For every evil event, there is often a benefit, whether it was worth the cost of another thing entirely. Because of Hitler and World War II, says Alan, uh, we have the UN and EU and no world wars since. Because of Japan, many Asian countries got a jump start in industrialization. That was the whole point of the co-prosperity sphere. One is reminded of the life of Brian. What did the Romans ever do for us, apart from roads, aqueducts, education, peace,
1: medicine? Thank you, Alan. Steve? Life of Brian. Absolutely. Well, you know, I, I I agree with Alan, and I uh, and I mean he he works as an editor. He knows as well as anybody else who works in in the word business that that you know quotes are sacred. If you are going to bother to quote someone, you've got to be damn sure that they've actually said what it is you're quoting them saying. This business of using famous people to um, to give yourself some clout. to give yourself some credibility. Yes, well I done. mean. As was pointed out during the, the press conference at which um, Carrie Lam uh, started quoting Ma- Nelson Mandela, misquoting Nelson Mandela as it turned out, she was asked, "Isn't it a bit ironic for you to be quoting a well-known freedom fighter in defence of a measure that will lead to the erosion of freedom of expression?" Wasn't the in said Hong person Kong? told to shut up and sit Sh- down? A, the said person was told to shut up and sit down, and and her her. Um, Pasty-facedness said, "I'm allowed to quote whoever I like." Yeah, but <laughs> but should we should we move on a bit? Yes, we Let can that, do what you let's like. Let's move on a bit. So we've had this um, uh, 999 page or see what they did there. Whatever 999. It is. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I, I completely missed that, but I do now. <sighs> I'm here I've all just, week. Just just got that now. Well, blimey. The things you learn coming onto this programme. Uh, a report of the Independent Police Complaints Council. Yep. Um The so-called report. So, it, they go, you know, there's 999... But well, it is a report. It's a very big report. Very big report. I mean, lots of words, words all over. What it is, if you actually look at it, and some of us are sad enough to have done so, is it's an amazing press release? It, well, no, it's 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 even it's not even an amazing press release. It's an amazing press cuttings job. This is supposed to be an independent inquiry into events where you would have thought that they would have gone round interviewing, oh, I don't know, eyewitnesses. Yeah. You would have thought they would have collected first-hand videos, which need to be verified, but which purport to show what happened, particularly at the two incidents which are of interest, i.e. the triad attack in Yuen Long and the events in the Prince Edward MTR station. Mm-hmm. They didn't. They didn't do any of that. And I think they, that's been noticed. I think that has a little been noticed. But what is extraordinary is, we've just seen that uh, yet another opinion poll that shows that the credibility of the police, the pe- the number of people who think the police are doing a good job has now reached an all-time low. It's something like, off the top of my head, I think the figure is about 36%, which is very, very low. I mean, considering that, you know, before something like two-thirds of the population thought that the police were doing a pretty good job. So, let me chuck one thing in here. I
0: Over the years, have always said this to you. Whenever there's a survey, what about the credibility of that? Not not to do with this, but well, just in general, the, 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 somebody's pushing something. This so.
1: comes from Robert Chung's um, uh, polling organisation that used to be located at Hong Kong. And has sure, a, sure, has, sure. has a good record. Yeah, it's good to know about who's yeah, doing the survey. That is I think. the source <laughs> that I'm quoting. So my question is this. If you are an independent so 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 committee surely the purpose of your work is to enhance and maintain where it can be maintained the credibility of the police force if you issue this doorstop collection of press cuttings which comes out with, oh, I think a couple of things could be done here. You know, they could switch off the lights before leaving the office. And incidentally, very, very important after the kettle's boiled to turn it off. You know, it's that kind of report. You know, let's tweak it. Let's find some irrelevant things to tweak at. Oh, and by the way, um, oh, yeah, by the way, it's also, all, all, also very important, you know, never to cross a red light on the road. When you have a report like that, What you're doing is you're not in any way reassuring the public that anybody is seriously maintaining an independent watch on the activities of the police. And you get to a situation where you, if anything, you diminish the credibility of the police force. Now, I'm someone who strongly believes that you must have a strong and credible police force in any society, but you will not have it. You will not have it. If if you, you 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 set up these completely useless mechanisms for um, maintaining some sort of surveillance on their activities, and what I loved about—I'm oh, sorry—we come back to the chief executive in name only. I mean, it's it's cruel and undust treatment to mention her, but she suddenly discovered that foreign experts have nothing to contribute. I'm not actually experts at all. She goes, "Oh, what do they know about Hong Kong?" Well, Carrie. Why did you appoint them in the first place? You mean they would only have known something about Hong Kong if they produced the same conclusions as you have? Hmm. I mean, this is getting to be ridiculous. What, what have
0: most people you know said about this? I can only tell you what I've read online. Most people are just say, well, no surprises
1: there, and they move on. Well, I think that that's the problem now, is, is that the credibility of government-appointed bodies is so low that you know no one was shocked that this report came out with a whitewash no one expected much of it and their expectations were fulfilled so i mean in that sense it's very sad that that we have such a low level of expectation and there you go yeah ain't that a fact we've got a few more minutes together in fact we've got about
0: 10 more minutes together join us on facebook live thanks for putting your comments comments up there uh, so far what do you want
1: to move on to well let's let's move on to a, a non non can we say, you know, non-one of those subjects, and look at this ridiculous business that's going on yet again with the theme parks, the ocean I've Ocean Terminal, but apparently it's called Ocean Park. Which used to be a great place. Waterworld. <laughs> who are? <laughs> Collins Jazz and, and, and the joke that is the Disney theme park. So at the moment um, we, the public, are being asked to to, to dish in a mere five billion dollars to keep this thing alive. And the park itself says, well, that will just be an interim payment. We'll need squillions more to make this thing work. Why? Why is the... I mean, why is the government running a theme park, number one? Which one are we referring to right now? Well, both. I mean, we'll get on to Disney in a moment. But why is the government running a theme park? One thing governments do very, very badly, among a whole list of things they do very badly, is run entertainment So wouldn't it be better to put Ocean Park out of its misery and do something for the 7,500 animals that are there, which, you know, obviously no reasonable person would want to see those animals destroyed. But there is a case to downsize it, make it an ocean education centre. It doesn't mean it has to be a dull and worthy thing, but make it something which is manageable in terms of cost, is not purely there as a tourist attraction to, to encourage hordes of people from the mainland to visit it. I mean, why um, local people should be expected to sponsor a mainland tourist attraction is totally beyond me. And that's what it is. Let's 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 cut the what's it and pretend it's anything else. People will who are interested in marine life will, I think, continue to be interested in marine life. But they don't need to do it in the context of a theme park. They can do it in the context of it being a lively and well-presented marine centre. Then we come to the embarrassment that is Disney. I mean, such is the nonsense of this thing. I mean, the whole point about Disney was supposed to be that it would put Hong Kong on the map as a major tourist attraction. Um, It was going to do you know, all these wonderful things for our economy. In fact, what happened is, because of the, the, the numpties who negotiated a deal, it put squillions of dollars into the pockets of a large American corporation. And they saw the people sitting in front of them and they thought, we got we got a right one here. Goofy, Go- Goofy, <laughs> Goofy is in the room. So they, they've negotiated these extraordinary deals. They would make money out of this thing, even though... The bulk of the funds come from the taxpayer. They would make money out of this thing even if there was no profit. So they charge royalties, they charge management fees, they charge a whole series of commissions, which mean that whatever happens to the theme park, Disney Disney walks away with money in its pocket. So the logical answer is to say, Disney, boys, your time is up. We've we've had it with this 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 you know ludicrous thing. We've, we, we are in need of land, we're gonna take it away. Now I assume that because the contract is so one-sided, it will be pretty costly for Hong Kong to get out of it because the people who negotiated that can you know, they, they, they were, I don't know what they were taking at the time, but whatever it was, they certainly weren't thinking clearly. So it may well be that it costs a lot of money to get out of this deal, but you know, the alternative is it will cost even more money to stay in the deal. Right, hang on, quickly, Alvin, back.
0: Disagree on the closure, in short. Mr. Vines. I don't quite know what you mean, mate, but definitely tell us a little bit more. The closure of what? I don't know. That's what I'm asking. I, I'm I don't not, know.
1: <laughs> yeah, because I'm not advocating that the Ocean Park should be closed. I think it should be scaled down and made an, an, a resource for people in Hong Kong yeah. to learn more about marine life.
0: My big question about all of this has always been since when did theme parks become like a currency, a well, lingua
1: franca? You know, I mean, the, the, the numpties who, who, who did the Disney deal were, were obsessed by the fact that, that, you know, I keep were, laughing when you say that because <laughs> obviously, <laughs> um, because because you know they they, they they were taken out to California and in the in the brilliant sunshine over there they saw these enormous theme parks with you know squillions of people wandering around. They said, "Oh, we could have that here. We bang Hong Kong like that." But the fact of the matter is that it hasn't worked. No, and it won't. And it won't work. Our friend, here I mean, is- not least, incidentally, just just to to be clear, it won't work because they have bigger and better theme parks across the border now so what why theme parks though why is so 1950s so 1950s well you know i'm not against theme parks what's that all about if you can make a commercial go of a theme park go for it yeah i'm afraid in most parts of the world that's how it works if you can make money out of it, I'm, I'm not saying you close down theme parks. What I am saying is you don't go to the taxpayer to pay for these wretched things. Before we started this
0: morning, I said to him, don't laugh at me. I want to talk about the animals. And he said, yes, absolutely right, which we'll get onto in a second. I think what Alvin was on about, he said he doesn't like the idea of a handout. For Ocean handout. Park. Ocean Park. A handout. Uh,
1: uh, oh, well, he doesn't like any idea. Well, I think, unfortunately, that the, 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 the um, because it is a public body and... You know there are, as I say, seven thousand five hundred animals there. You can't, I don't think, a responsible government can seriously say, "Oh well, we'll we'll, we'll bang bang well, back listen, into that's the sea today."
0: Brilliant, Steve, Alvin. What about if we bring in the angle of the animals here? Because they need they their welfare needs looking after. I mean, so many people are against this I kind mean, of thing of in the those, first most,
1: place. I gather most of those animals are bred in captivity, therefore so they, well, actually they, wouldn't fare they wouldn't be at any good? Well, in the oceans, so it's you know. But also, I. You know, we do live on an island and, and, and a coastal plain. So, you know, there is a, there is a case to have an ocean centre. I'm not against that. There's not a case to have so an ocean centre. So what is it
0: specifically bar. that you and, of course, lots of other people find distasteful about this one, the way it's done now, this
1: incarnation? I think the problem with it is, is that it, it, it is, it is a, a loosely disguised subsidy to whoever it is who gets that money. To provide an enormous entertainment complex for mainland visitors, and my but Disney is surely well, Disney, Disney is nearer. Both of them, both. I mean, you know, people expect this is the problem. Ocean Park is no longer anything other than a the theme park. I mean, it's got sort of animals in it, and it's got performing. You know, this and that, which which animal rights uh, advocates don't like the idea of that, and I personally don't like the idea of that either. So you know. You've got this choice. Do you behave responsibly towards the animals in your care? Do you want a theme park with rides and and all the rest of it that you have to have in a theme park? Or do you simply say, we, the government, are no good at this stuff. We're going to get out of this business and leave it to people who really do. If Disney, let me put it this way, if Disney at any point seriously thought they could have made money in Hong Kong by setting up Disney World on their own, or whatever it's called, they'd have done so. But instead, they were offered this Mickey Mouse deal where where they said, we can get squillions of dollars from the taxpayer to sponsor you. Would you like to take the money? And they went, oh, gosh, that's difficult. Tell you what, we'll take the money. Do you think we're left
0: with what was, the, what was sown, if you like, in the early 2000s, when certain people in the government, certain people in the government, thought they were Billy Butlin?
1: Well... I I mean, you know, talk about delusions of grandeur. I mean, delusions of grandeur doesn't come into it. It's delusions of stupidity. And We're We're not delusions. Um, They were the real thing. They were stupid. A a lot of this
0: stuff was under the umbrella of SARS. Let's get everybody rocking and rolling. Let's cheer everybody up, which had its merits. And now we're sort of...
1: Paying the price. Like
0: Barry Island in the 2000s. It was a bunch of concrete and doors hanging off.
1: We are paying the price. You think so? Yeah, I absolutely do. I Mm. don't think... That, that in the current era, um, we have this money to spare. I mean, the absolute priority now is to get the economy back on its feet. And in my view, very important in that is fair play for the unemployed. Big but time. Can, can we just squeeze in one other thing? Go get I, it, We haven't mentioned this, and I, I, I hope that. Uh, um, You're doing that voice, Steve. Yeah, I hope people will, will realise it's, it's a sad thing. But you know, Alan Lee died at the beginning of the week indeed what a fascinating bloke um a, a, an extremely interesting man by any standards who um was a very big player in hong kong politics particularly in the 1890 so 1880s and 1890s he was a founder of the 90. liberal party
0: 1980s and 90s. Sorry, I've got to you said 18. So Just got I, to correct you yeah, on that one. Sorry.
1: I'm going completely mad. <laughs> Don't here. It's, worry. It's the virus playing up again. Yeah. So it's 90, 1980s, 1990s. Yeah. Um, uh, he was the leader of the Liberal Party. He was a member of Exco, a member of he was, he was He was everywhere. But the important thing about Alan Lee was that he understood that politics is not about always getting your way politics is about finding a way to get your way so i mean he was and is much despised by the current mob of pro-china uh, people he always believed that you maintain lines of communication with your opponents you try and talk to them you try and do deals with them and you find ways to 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 match problems that can be negotiable now, at the moment, there is no dialogue between the two political factions. There's no big bridging political figure um, like Alan Lee around. That, that's not entirely true. You've got people like Jan Nook Singh. You, you, you've ind- indeed got people in the Liberal Party still who I think are much more amenable to um, resolving issues through dialogue. But, you know, they they are part of the pro-China camp. And the line from Beijing is, have nothing to do with the oppo- opposition. Don't listen to them. Everything they say is wrong. They support rioters. Get them kicked out of the ledge, go kicked out of jobs, kicked out of wherever you can kick them out of. That wasn't Alan Lee's way.
0: Thanks a lot, Steve. We'll do it all again at the same time next week. Steve Vines, right here on The Morning Brew.
1: It is.